Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Life of the Lost. If you can hear the crazy construction workers in the background while they literally jackhammer down a building, well, I can hear it too. They've been doing this for about a month, but okay, I digress. I have something super exciting to share with everybody. We are back and running the podcast, and I thought this was a perfect interview to start our podcast with. We got an interview in the beginning of May from a woman named Lillian Wolf, and the interview or the email read, my name is Lillian Wolf, and I'm a PhD student at Sanford University. I found your channel Supe and watched some of your interviews a few weeks ago. They were very informative and fascinating. I appreciated the fluid interview structure and how insightful and sensitive your discussions are. You both speak openly and honest, honestly with great consideration towards understanding your interviewees and it shows. As a transracial adoptee myself, I have a research interest in adoptees and how family support influences how they form their racial ethnic identities. Would you be interested in participating in a 30 to 60 minute interview with me via Zoom about your adoptive experiences? Uh, The one I have in mind is for class purposes and thus will remain confidential with that class setting. However, if you're interested in contributing to future and still confidential research, I hope to have opportunities soon for professional interviews, surveys for publishable academic research. And when I got that email, I was like, this is super, super cool. Would love to be a part of any kind of research and just kind of be able to talk to somebody openly about adoption and answer any questions that she has. And when I kept reading the word confidential, I was like, eh, we're not, we're pretty open books. I don't think it needs to be confidential at all, which is why we are going to share the interview with you here. This is the first of three interviews. It's me and Sam in this one, and then we both kind of branch off and do our own interview and I haven't heard Sam's yet so I'm really excited to edit the podcast and just hear everything he had to say and share it with everybody so this is how we're going to kick off season two and I hope you enjoy oh I suppose I should actually formally introduce myself shouldn't I (laughs) yeah (laughs) that would be good okay so my name is Lillian Wolf um I was born in China grew uh adopted into a white family raised in California and then moved to Oregon in 2016 for my undergraduate and then master's and then I eventually just moved there because I really like the area had to move back for my PhD program and I am just finishing my first year now oh wow yeah that's awesome thanks Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, so you said you found us on, were you on YouTube or was it a podcast or? Yes. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it actually. Supe? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I actually found you guys on YouTube. Um, I was, I've been trying to look into adoptees and their experiences and not a whole lot of results. Um, so I typed on YouTube seeing if there were like any sorts of interviews and most of the ones I saw were like, eight minutes 10 minutes maybe yours were like the only ones that were actually long Mm. so that got my attention a lot awesome yeah that is good to know we were um you know when we started it it was kind of it was kind of scary because we weren't sure um who would even maybe like tune in or where this would reach but it's really cool to hear that that it reached you yeah I I'm like very happy because as I've been kind of learning into the getting into the adoption field, I've been realizing just how little 
research and information has been given. So the fact that like, anything exists is amazing. And the fact that you guys give such like in-depth, sensitive interviews is just a cherry on the top. It's really good to hear that. Yeah. So I actually, that, that brings me to a question. Um, what, got, what got you to started on your YouTube channel? Like, what was your thought process going into that? Uh, I think what started us getting into it was just the kind of what you were touching on. <laughs> it's a topic that no one really talks about. Mm -hmm. so, so personally for me, I wanted to kind of shed some light in terms of my backstory and uh, how I grew up and kind of hoping that maybe it could bring a sense of community and maybe other people could, you know, it could help other people that might be feeling alone or, or feeling like, you know, very isolated with how they grew up because it was definitely yeah. part of my life. Uh, so yeah, that was like kind of my uh, original thought process on uh, doing YouTube and creating videos and stuff. Nice. Yeah, I think um, I was also kind of in depth, like looking at uh, Facebook groups of adoption and I was seeing that our story doesn't really match it so to speak, mm -hmm. so um, what what I wasn't kind of, I guess, feeling good about was hearing how so many people had such negative um, relationships in which it's hard because, well, relationships with being adopted, I guess. Um, and I was thinking, okay, well, yes, when I was younger, it was really hard being adopted. Um, but now that I'm an adult, I kind of understand like that there's maybe a lot more pros than cons. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of seeing this space of adoptees who were very, very negative about everything, like abolish adoption. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, and that also kind of just gave me a little bit of motivation for us to kind of talk about it more too. Cause I think it's almost like a taboo thing. It feels like in the adoption community to say like, not that like, oh, I have like this happy go lucky ending, but mm -hmm. to say, I, I am very like appreciative of all of the things that my birth mom did to you know give me up and put me into um a house that she had no idea in, in the united states you know like that could anything could have happened yeah and i feel for people who were placed in you know situations in their home that they couldn't control but somehow we got super lucky or blessed or i don't know where we were in a place where we're able to kind of have more of a positive twist on it yeah definitely so you guys kind of, you both mentioned kind of how your stories weren't really being represented from what you've seen and how you kind of, if I'm understanding correctly, kind of want to put that into the community. I, um, in some of your videos, you mentioned joining a heritage camp with other adoptees. And I was kind of curious, like, did you have that experience, the, um, the experience with other adoptees when you were younger or like, how has that kind of shaped you? Because growing up with myself, I never knew any other adoptees. So I just kind of find it kind of fascinating. Yeah, I was, um, my, <clears throat> to get me in Peru, there was three other families, three or four other families. And so we were kind of raised together, um, such as like special events, we'd see each other. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't a lot. And um, as we grew older, we kind of really separated. Um, mm -hmm all were very very different and so that kind of adoptionness which you might think would like keep people together didn't really um it kind of just we just separated um but I did go to a heritage camp for about two years and um 
I felt very alone. Mm. <laughs> it was just mostly, um, it was during a time where I was a teenager and there's just a lot of bullying, um, especially mm. girls and it was like hormones and all of these things. So it wasn't like the best experience, um, but yeah, I think, and you had a, you were raised with somebody who was adopted too. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah. Um, I guess there's a lot of, a lot of things I'm thinking about right now. Um, yeah, I was raised with, uh, so I was a product of a single mom, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't have a dad. So it was just me and my mom, no siblings. Um, and I was raised with my mom's like best friend mm-hmm. and she, daughter who was also adopted but adopted from America in Louisiana Mm -hmm. so that process kind of with adoption in terms of us growing up was very um I feel like there was we we were literally walking different paths (laughs) like you know um she uh, was kind of uh part like African-American so she was maybe dealing with a lot bigger of like I guess social like stigmas or back or like things that that uh culture maybe she identified with or, or her struggles w- between finding herself and between me trying to find myself as you know uh Peruvian uh growing up in the city I feel we're very very different we gravitated towards very different um cultures I feel like growing up I was very into uh hanging around with um like Dominicans and um and like South Americans kind of pr- mm-hmm. primarily. And I know that she was like really into like African, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, African-American friends. So it was, it was very interesting on um, that process. She definitely dealt with a lot more things uh, than I did and vice versa in terms of like how she felt, how she was judged. And I think a lot of it maybe was different too, based cause she was a woman and you know, the gender, you know, inequalities or what you find uh, as uh, roadblocks in your life, definitely. Yeah it's different you know yeah thanks for sharing if you don't mind me asking um well it it sounds like um you and your sister like you said kind of walked really different paths was that always the case like did you guys um ever really talk about your race and adoption and kind of your background with each other growing up or was that something you both had to like discover separately um Definitely think we discovered it separately. I do feel like it's hard to kind of beat around the bush. I, I, my personal opinion, I definitely feel like, you know, skin color and the way that you look is definitely like a huge feature in terms of like you uh, being aware of yourself in terms of other people around you. So I feel as though she might've had a little bit, my, this is my personal opinion of her, but like she might've had a little bit of an easier time or, or a different time than than maybe I did. For instance, like, you know, she, my skin was definitely darker than hers as like a specific like trait growing up. Um, so we didn't really talk about it, but I definitely know that it affected me more than it did her. Um, but it did affect her in her own ways. And I think it became more prevalent as she kind of got into her teenage years and mm-hmm. uh, adult years. Um, but for me, it definitely started a lot sooner, I think, in terms of just feeling different, you know, not identifying to a certain extent with my mom mm-hmm. and with her specifically too it was um just dealt with things that I don't think she ever really dealt with or experienced so it was definitely an interesting time growing up with her and uh you know my mom yeah um were you the o- older of the two 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was older by, I think, a few months. Um, but we were, you know, more or less the same age, but. Okay. Was there, if you don't mind me asking, was there anything you wish, like, had been different when you were growing up? Like, if you could go back, would you have changed how anything occurred with your sister? Well, she's not, like, well, she's, not- and, sorry, yeah, for, she, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, pretty much like a like yeah. a long lost like sister. a sister yes um i think <clears throat> what i change about how i handled certain situations or would i change what would i change about in general if i could change anything about that growing up experience i'm interested in both so whatever comes to your mind okay uh i guess the first thing that comes to my mind is maybe how receptive my mom was to things that i noticed that she didn't necessarily pick up on Mm-hmm. I definitely know if I could change one thing specifically about my mom, it would maybe be her more taking more serious consideration and understanding of uh, my, you know, the things that I noticed and yeah. maybe tending to that need, tending to that more seriously than she might have. I definitely think that if she did that, I probably would have felt more heard from yeah. her like creating a more you know cohesive uh connection between her um mm. but you know she other than that you know she's a great mom <laughs> uh and uh and something about myself uh that I would have changed um I think uh, about adoption uh, heavy question yeah no I, I don't really no, I guess what I would change about myself. Like maybe even how you dealt with it, do you think at all? Um, I guess it stems on just like, you know, I definitely would have wanted somebody to talk to, like a mentor, mm-hmm. I think, growing up. But it was hard, right? Because when you're when you're a kid, you you're definitely you're like rebellious and you don't want to talk to anybody. But, mm. but it would have been nice to have. I guess for me, I struggled with like a lack of a male role model in my life. So maybe that would have been, you know, uh, needing a, a male role model for whatever that means in terms of like tough love and kind of just like really like getting getting through my ignorance and my yeah. lack of wanting to explain myself or talk about my feelings. Definitely would have been helpful. Yeah, it's kind of, it's important to see yourself represented in other figures. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Meg, could you tell me a little bit about like um what your family structure was like, if if that's okay? Um so my mom and dad <clears throat> together, I think kind of on and off since they were, I want to say 16. Um, they both were raised in Minnesota. Uh, my mom couldn't have, uh, my adopted mom couldn't have kids and she tried and tried it. I want to say for like 10 years, um, and then decided to adopt. And then, uh, not sure why they chose Peru, but they mm-hmm. did do an adoption agency. And, um, then four years after I came, my little brother was kind of like a miracle baby and he was born. Um, I'm just trying to, uh. Oh yeah, I was actually just had this conversation with my mom the other day, which I never knew about. Um, she said she didn't, uh, for some random reason, um, she, well, she was having like problems with her with her uterus and they actually wanted to have like um, 
have it out because of all the problems. And she was going in kind of like for a pre-op or something. And she, it was surgery was like in a week. And randomly she's like, I think I'm just gonna take a pregnancy test. Cause I just, I don't know. I just feel like I should. And wow. she didn't even get her periods anymore because it was just so like irregular. Um, so that wasn't like a tall tale, but then she came back and she was pregnant. And so they had to cancel the surgery and they're like, oh my gosh, we had no idea you could even have kids. And so, yeah, he's kind of like a miracle baby that happened four years after. And um, so we, we were raised together and I was, it was kind of interesting because I was having this conversation with my therapist on like, were you treated any differently or how was it being raised? Because he was obviously white. Um, yeah. With um, but I don't really feel like we were really treated any differently. Um, mm -hmm. He was like better at sports than me. So like maybe more attention went to him as like opposed to that. Um, but I mean, we both grew up in, in Minnesota in a little suburb. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. Um, but we were, were very different too. So he had a lot of friends. He's very popular growing up. I was very kind of to myself, very timid, didn't really get along. Mm -hmm. Felt like I got along with too many people. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a brief overview of my childhood. Thanks. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. That's amazing in your mom for like just kind of intuitively knowing that she should take a test. And wow, that is amazing. Yeah, yeah so crazy. <laughs> um, so did you... It, um, did you and your brother get along a lot, like when you were younger and then when you were growing up? Yeah, I always uh, had it look a lot. Um, I just, I don't know what it was as a kid. I just kind of, I had all like males around me, like all my cousins were primarily boys. So they all played hockey and basketball and baseball and lacrosse. And so I just really wanted to be a boy when I was a kid. And so I did, I like wanted to dress like my brother. I wanted to do everything like him. Mm -hmm. so we did we did get along growing up um you know your typical like sibling robbery to an extent um but yeah I can't think of too many I guess when when we got older it's we're both very stubborn and <laughs> sometimes I have a hard time talking about things mm. um that happened as kids we um our parents were they fought a lot mm. and I think that kind of resonated into our relationships as we got older um mm -hmm. having a hard time with um how to talk about your feelings you know more and yeah. I, I'm 32 and I'm still like I'm getting into the I'm learning how to do that now <laughs> at 32 so it's um interesting to see kind of where my brother is and his relationships and to see kind of that comparison um and how we were raised yeah look I mean learning to talk about your feelings one there's a lot of people who are much older than 32 and still don't know how it's definitely a skill so applause to you um I believe um on the on the bleh, on the podcast and YouTube channel you, you both were talking about how I believe you both have um both siblings back in Peru that's right yeah how have you um if compared to the siblings you grew up with or your mom's best friend's daughter how how is your relationship between your both siblings and the people you grew up with really different like do you yeah can you tell me about that uh yeah so like how's my 
how's my relationship with my birth siblings? Yeah, different from your um the siblings you were raised with. Uh, very different, I I think. Um, makes sense. It's weird. Uh, I guess it, you would think that I'd be more closer to my. <laughs> Uh, my, you know, family, uh, you know, my my sister, <laughs> in that sense, uh, than I am. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel as though I'm a lot more talkative, or my birth, like, siblings are a lot more talkative with me, mm-hmm. more than, you know, me and her were. So I think the potential of, like, getting to really know them is a lot wider of a potential mm-hmm. uh, and if I were to just randomly like you know walk up to you know this woman that I grew up with and just kind of want to become closer um that's really interesting I think too I, I definitely think it's like a New York thing I don't know uh we're like we we're very um I don't know how to describe it but we're very professional in, in the sense like we'll say things and we'll leave it up to interpretation like what mm-hmm. what it is like i don't know what's an what's an example um uh like i guess yeah, i don't know the first thing that came to my head was like how new yorkers you know when they when they curse or something like um they'll say like go go f yourself but <laughs> it might not mean that it might just mean like um try harder <laughs> or or maybe it does mean like go away or maybe it means just like get out of my way it's just yeah. I guess just it's up for interpretation is that kind um, of what you're trying to say kind of yeah I mean and it says like how how's the how's the family life going you know they say like oh yeah you know it's it's good but you know you know has its ups and downs but yeah it's all good you know what I mean it's like there's not really that kind of like well like deep what you know what, what is it like you know it's not like oh, oh yeah. like how's the family life oh like my brother was just driving me up the wall because he was just pissed off I didn't do the laundry or something and like that it, might be your family kind of thing because like the men in your family are very secretive like but even uncle, even even, even my family friend who's who I grew up with is very secretive yeah too. that is actually so it's necessarily gender based but yeah. it could be though I don't know yeah I guess I've never actually met like a New Yorker who's like talkative or who's like very because in Minnesota I think um they're a lot more open how they feel or about their about yeah about like families they'll they'll tell you everything anything you want to hear it's just like whoa I'm an open book in New York it's just like uh don't ask me like any more questions so it's yeah it's interesting yeah so maybe they're like inept from that (laughs) trait so maybe that's why I could potentially talk to them if only there wasn't like a language barrier that's my yeah yeah, I, you you both mentioned your podcast, how that language barrier has kind of made it hard to talk to you about family. Very hard. Mm-hmm. We're both kind of just going through like Google Translate for the most part. And um, yeah, it's like it can, you can only do so much um, through that because it's, it's funny, like sometimes I'll be uh, writing to my sister and she'll say mama or something and she'll put it in the translator, but it comes out to me as breast. And I'm like, I'm so confused at what you're saying right now. Um, mm-hmm. And then like in Spanish, Papa could be potato. 
so it's kind of like all these weird ins and outs it's like are we saying the same thing there's so many times where we end up saying like I don't understand what you're saying and so you try to like think how could I say this in another a sentence without these words with different words and yeah it's just can get a little confusing yeah and then that new those new words get can trip you up definitely yes and then things have different meanings here than they do there and it's kind of just <laughs> it's just a, a, a crazy thing but maybe yeah. one maybe. I don't think you will but maybe I will <laughs> yeah a, as you as you'll start to know us there's like a, we we kind of branch off with like how we feel about adoption in terms of our connection with our family members a little different as you get to know us more but yeah there's there's a lot of complex feelings about it that makes sense um so Meg can you tell me a little bit about what was like like how your relationship with your both siblings and your brother was kind of different yeah um so I think um my birth siblings I think the big difference is being around them and seeing these aspects of you mm. and, and understanding like you guys weren't raised together but you still have this weird complex thing about each other that that that's similar yeah um, I was uh when I was back in Peru I was stayed with my family for about two months um about nine years ago now and my little brother we kind of gotten into it um weirdly enough even though we don't speak the same language we kind of fought a little bit and he's very stubborn just like me so if you try to like mess around afterwards and you're like you know like just poke somebody afterwards because you're like okay like it's okay now he was just like straight face like don't 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 do that and I was like oh my god I felt like I was looking at myself mm -hmm. because I am like that with other people I'm like this is not funny this is not a time to like laugh we're very serious right now like I'm angry and um I like I just remember that instance so much just being like this is this is weird um how much alike we are uh, not being raised together and uh my sister and my is is very similar to me too um mm. and just very 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 chaotically emotional um and then, so yeah, that dynamic, but, it, but it's nice because it kind of helps us understand each other a little bit, even though like we have this giant communication barrier, we can still kind of like sense each other out. Yeah. But in person, it works so much better than online. We're just very like, I don't, you know, I assume things, I'm sure she assumed things. And then uh, with my brother in Minnesota, um, like our relationship, I think um, how me and my brother connect a lot more is kind of recently has just been more like based on trauma. <laughs> like mm -hmm. this, I feel this way because A, B, or C maybe happened to us like growing up and um, we're kind of able to connect in that way. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lot more complex sometimes, mm -hmm. um, especially seeing him. And I think when we grew up too, it wasn't ever, we wouldn't ever sit down and have like a conversation like I'm having with you right now. It was never like a deep, like meaningful, like let's talk about life. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I think I've even had more of that with my birth family than I have my own like uh, brother who I was raised with. 
why do you think that is like um like, like it's from what I'm hearing it sounds like your siblings didn't really like talk to you about race and adoption and all these things but you've had more of those conversations with your both families what um do you have any ideas of why that why it's harder to kind of talk to, about that with the um people you were raised with um I think because <laughs> specifically it was um I was very emotional as a kid and I don't think I was probably easy to to deal with or talk to. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that even if those conversations were maybe tried to be had, I wasn't receptive at all. Mm. There might've been like a few things that we, we were able to talk about or bond with. Um, I guess one of them uh, that, that really kind of brought me and my brother closer was when um, I found out I had cancer and that like I said another like tra traumatic experience kind of bringing us together even though like but but here's another like side to the coin is um I'm kind of learning that I'm also only remembering like traumatic things from from my childhood mm. or what deemed as traumatic so um I know we had good times too like I know we we hung out a lot too um like, I, I do remember sometimes, like, bonding with him. He loves skateboarding. He loved lacrosse. So, like, being out in the front yard, like, throwing the ball around a bit or <laughs> just watching him and his friends, like, fall. Or, like, uh, when they came over, I'd help them. I always, like, make food and babysit. Um, or you younger. But, yeah, so it's, like, it's a, it's a weird. Okay. Yeah, thanks for telling me about that. Um, so when you were growing up, did your families kind of talk to you about like adoption, your heritage, um, or was that kind of just, or were the were they were they kind of more implying? <laughs> How like explicit, implicit were the conversations with you about that? Yeah, uh, my mom was very open with me. Uh, she definitely uh, never avoided the topic of adoption like in terms of I think one time I was really young and I asked my mom why her skin color is different than mine yeah uh, not, you know, you're adopted you're not you know I you're I didn't give birth to you but but I'm your mom yeah I guess I never really like had any negative feelings around that whole idea of in the sense of just um maybe other people might have that might have been a more of a difficult process but for me it was just very like seamless I I always growing up when I think about it I always knew that I was adopted and I mm -hmm. knew that my mom was not technically my mom but but um but she's still my mom yeah yeah in all the ways I count yeah definitely yeah I think that was kind of me too um <clears throat> I think they they just always told probably us from a young age so it was more like yeah like you said seamless yeah. like do you remember any books or anything being read to you maybe I don't remember any books but my mom said like she would read books and things to help me kind of understand same so, as mom oh yeah do you remember any of the books that were yes yeah, so um I was adopted I already mentioned I was adopted specifically from China under the one child policy um so that was kind of a growing thing back in the 90s early 2000s um my mom would read to me this book called I Love You Like Crazy Cakes which was about another white mother 
who went to China, adopted her baby. And she would just, and I would just read that over and over and over again. So I also always knew and kind of knew the story behind why I was adopted. So I think that really helped me. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, and I feel like when you, when you learn things at a young age, it's so much easier versus people who randomly find out when they're like wow. 20 years old. And it's just like, that's gotta be yeah. mind boggling thinking your entire life as you know, it is just, I don't know, a lie or. Yeah. Yeah. I just see like those things like in movies or even oh. just read stories about them. It's just like, I can't even, um, or, you know, a lot, um, of people apply for college and while they're applying for college and you know you have to deal with social security numbers and everything and then they realize like whoa whoa this is not me or I even saw a case sorry I'm like going off but I even saw a case where somebody was uh they were they found out they were missing and when they went to apply for a college and brought up their social security like they yeah they were a missing child taken when they were a kid so wait like stolen kidnapped taken or like yeah Okay, that's a story I need to hear another time because that's like, that's scary that I feel. Super into like true crime and like these missing people stuff. So I, I kind of like love digging into that. I'm like, oh my God, oh my gosh, tell me everything. I'm also the same. So later I would, I would love to hear about this. Yeah, so it's good. Yeah, especially since um in one of my classes we're learning about um indigenous um individuals and like similar things happening to their communities. Not good, but subject for another time. I would love to hear other stories later. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, I I think when you're a kid, when you are kind of told your adoption story when you're young, it's kind of becomes normalized, and your family is your family, your life is your life. It is that when you're not told when you're older, that's when everything feels very world shaking. But yeah, Definitely. or even when things you feel like might have been. <clears throat> like I don't think I ever well I've never really felt like it's been hidden mm. um, and I maybe I just like went to forget things at a time because I remember a few times where my mom would say hey like we can go see your parents because they're there's a picture of them in a safety deposit box and she would keep it in like I don't even know where it is to be honest it's in another city because she was always nervous like my mom's kind of so she was like if our house ever burns down like I don't want the only pictures of your parents to be to leave or to be there if anything happens so she put that in the safety deposit box um but I remember growing up thinking like that's so weird that you're kind of not hiding it but like putting it there and then I asked for it to be scanned pictures to be scanned because I was <laughs> like I want to ask you every time I want to see my mom my birth parents um but yeah it's an interesting thing to think of being hit yeah um do you know if any of if your parents went through like um racial sensitivity training or anything like that um when they were planning on adopting you two I don't I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I would have to ask. Yeah. Do you want me to text her right now? I could ask. If you want to, sure, go ahead. But I mean I I am expecting the answer to be no because that wasn't really a thing for a while. I think it's now just becoming a thing, but always nice to check. Yeah, um, I remember. Uh, I remember as a kid wanting to like create a book, 
some kind of like how to deal with adopted kids because I felt like my mom or my dad needed that like class. Um, but yeah, that that is also, uh, I am glad to see that, that that's actually happening now. Like there's actually yeah. these kind of help guide because it is, it, I don't even know if they even thought that that would be a problem down the line. Like I have a brown kid and I'm white. Like did they even like put two and two together? Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of, do you mind, um, do you remember, remember the year that you were adopted? 91. 91, okay. And you said? Yes, thank you, 91. Oh, that's interesting, that's cool. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember what I re was reading. I know that by that time, laws would have been made to have higher standards for transracial and adoption and adoption in general. Um, I would have to kind of look into Peruvian history though. Do, do either of you know, um, so both of you adopted from Peru, do either of you know kind of the history, if there was a specific history behind that adoption? Because like um, China's one child policy, Korean, Korean war, there's usually some type of historical reason that international adoptions um, happen in, in large numbers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think um, the one thing I, I know there was, you know, uh, the shining path was kind of going on down during that time. Um, mm -hmm. There's like a, a big kind of clash. I don't know, like the, the details and if that may be related to it at all. Yeah, you should look that up. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know that that would be very interesting to see if there's like some kind of correlation. Um, I know my, in my adoption papers, my mom had said that um, she just couldn't afford me um, mm. and that they just, she wasn't developing any um, breast milk at the time either. So she really couldn't afford me. My dad was just kind of, um, I don't know what happened. I think some kind of like mechanical something happened and part of his arm uh, got cut off or cut or something. And so they didn't have any health insurance. And so he was kind of like, walking around going crazy with that with like in so much pain um that's kind of like the the brief description that I got for kind of why I was adopted um did you find anything no well, going I... back on that the subject my mom said um she's I asked her if there was any like rent, racial sensitivity training she's like not like they have now but we did go to classes at the adoption agency oh interesting I'd love to know um, what the class is specifically focused on if it wasn't specifically on race. Yeah, I'm asking like, that. Just general motherhood or something? Maybe, yeah. I mean, the adoption uh, agency was kind of cool because they had like picnics and stuff um, afterwards. I remember I stopped kind of going to them, I think maybe because the agency moved. Um, yeah. I do remember that's where I got like my, my fingerprints done one time for the first time because like, just in case your child goes missing. I was like, oh, okay, find anything? No, no, I didn't. But I, I definitely know that. Um, I guess some information maybe doesn't really tell you why Peru is adopting, but I know that my mom had previously tried to adopt from two other places mm -hmm. that was going through a lot of turmoil at the time, and that mm -hmm. was uh, during that time, and also to uh, Dominican Republic. They're just having a lot of issues, like finalizing the adoption process and I know the one thing I do know I guess is that Peru was one of the places that 
at the time was very open to adoption. Uh, yeah, there was many hoops that you had to necessarily go through if you, um, well, I, I mean, I don't know, I guess, about other countries as much, but I know that as long as you said that your child was like um, abandoned, hmm. dad was maybe no longer in the life, in the, yeah, in the child's life, then you, the moms were able to give up easier. Um, that's what I've heard in the few situations. That, that's why like the Romanian uh, um, case that my mom was trying to adopt from there, she couldn't, it fell through because it couldn't find the father. So. Um. Exactly. So you said uh, your mom had, was looking in the Dominican um, Republic, and did you also say Chile? I I, I got a little bit um, eaten up. Romania, Romania. Romania. Was okay, so those were the two other countries you're just looking at. Okay, thank you. Um, and Meg, to go back a little bit, you mentioned that your dad was in an accident with his arm. Um, how did that? How does that tie in with um, the decision to adopt you? I think because there was just so much going on like my mom was trying to handle him mm. and then I found out later on um, when I went back to my birth country or the birth country for the first time is that I had actually two other siblings that died um, mm. before me Um, one I think caught pneumonia and the other one drowned wow and it they both got so when my mom had the babies, she would take them everywhere and she was working in the field and she would have the babies on her back and it was raining one time and that's literally how one drowned and the mm -hmm. other one, I guess, got pneumonia from that, from being sick. Um, I don't, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, it was something similar like that. But then it was weird because when I, read my, over my adoption papers within the past few years, I learned there was actually another, a third sibling that died before. Mm. And um, they, they hid that. Um, I just recently asked about that. I think two years ago, I was like in my adoption papers, it says there's another younger sister. Like, where is she? Like, well, she, she was older than me. Um, yeah. And I guess she died as well. And so I think that my mom was just going through so much I mean she had three kids die before I was or maybe she died after me but regardless I think she was just handling so much um my dad was very much in and out of the picture he was working in construction so he was traveling through different cities and I don't know if he had families of his own or or what was going on um hmm. I think that she was just very much alone and couldn't afford yeah so then with him and his arm, I think uh, it was just like that when he was around, she said he was like crazy. He was just like mentally not there. Yeah. Um, completely sure. But that that's another reason she said that they had to give me up for an adoption. And um, it was interesting because the last time I was there, my mom was like cursing at my dad because she's so angry at him for having, she, she blames everything on him. Uh-huh. Why well, I am not entirely sure. Um, but yes. What does it feel like knowing that you have like such a past? Um for so for example, um, I know in China that I probably do have other siblings that were given up for adoption or born, and I will 
not really ever know them. There's not very good records. And then like knowing that is definitely a very interesting feeling. And I'm kind of just wondering, like knowing you are in contact with your both family and kind of like hearing that you had two, maybe three siblings that had passed away. How how does that can you tell me about what that's like? What's what's that is like for you? Yeah, I think um, it's it's uh, I kind of try to just categorize it and um, kind of shut the door a little bit, like shut the file cabinet. Um, yeah, because at the root of it, um, it, it makes me super sad. Um, yeah, how my what my mom went through mm-hmm. or what I went through. I don't feel like even here, like being in America, like we don't get time to grieve. Yeah. Um, so like my mom dies tomorrow I don't get to submit time to work to say like hey I need to grieve for a week yeah. um, so using kids that you know that young and that frequent I'm sure yeah. so I, I kind of just like I said kind of put it in a drawer and just try sometimes not to think about it um, but I also kind of just open it when I when I need to maybe have some kind of clarity or understanding for maybe why my parents or family is that way um, yeah. just make sense of it or, or try to in my own way okay. thanks for sharing that that is very emotionally heavy and I appreciate you sharing that with me um kind of to go back um so it sounds like I think in um in some of your interviews on YouTube you kind of mentioned feeling a lot of gratitude for being raised in the U.S. and having kind of a, a different life than you might have. Um, some adoptees feel gratitude towards the adoptive families and some feel a bit more resentment for not growing up in their birth culture. Can I ask where you two land on that kind of scale? Um, yeah, probably uh, one of the most uh, pro one side than the other. I definitely um, value being adopted as much uh, as much anguish or pain as it presented at certain times in my life growing up mm. because I feel the reversal of that nothing can beat opportunity in my mind no no family love no no mom no no dad no no brothers like the potential of relationship with them isn't as the the idea of that isn't as powerful as the idea of being able to have opportunities at my disposal yeah and so when I think about what could have been I always think about what I have and that makes me feel like so much more happier because you know I can't because the reality is I can't change the past yeah I can do, do things differently even if I could I would <laughs> but but uh you know I I I I definitely love being adopted um, sometimes at random times during the day I'd, I'd somehow simulate the idea of if I wasn't adopted and how like it literally like gives me goosebumps and it like shit like sends a pain down my like body just just a shivering pain like the most embarrassing like horrible thing that you like the worst nightmare you could ever have I'm yeah like I'm so happy that I, I wasn't um that I was mm. uh, you know because I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had you know 
everything that I had here, everything that I would have here. And it's not perfect. So many flaws, so many things that, you know, I have to work on. But I, I, I just, I just love it here. Um, so much so that, that I, I realized recently um, my, um, my brother and my sister came here from Peru and they're in um, Bakersfield, California right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So that was a very interesting, um, they've been wanting me to visit them, um, which I've, I've been trying to get, find time, but, but it's like, you know, it, 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 it's definitely a very complex situation, like for me and my, my thought process, because, you know, because I really enjoy that I was adopted and I enjoy the place that I'm in, it somehow aligns me with certain ideas and characteristics that I identify with. If mm. that makes sense, we were talking about an example would be like the immigration crisis right now. Mm. Um, my thought process on that is interesting when it comes to my birth family coming across into America illegally. Yeah, uh, it has you know. One, I don't, I don't, to a certain extent, agree with what what what's happening right now in, in terms of the uh, immigration crisis. Um, although I do enjoy that my family's over here, I don't agree with what that means that they did to get here. And yeah. so it's very mixed, convoluted. Uh, I would never tell them this, but <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, mm -hmm. But I do, I do can't help but feel that way too because in my mind I, I feel that there's a lot of people here too that that could need uh, these government programs that might have not been as powerful as they are in terms of getting the initiative out in terms of trying to fix this uh immigration you know topic that 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 uh is happening right now but anyways <laughs> <laughs> what about you um well sorry what was the question again uh, no worries. I was kind of just wondering where you landed on the skill of feeling grateful for being adopted versus feeling resentful or any other feelings you might have. I think um, the only time I think I felt really resentful is when I could kind of use it against my parents when I was younger, um, such as like, you're not my real mom or you're not my real dad. Um, and I, I think before I went to Peru, I thought a lot about what it would might be like to grow up with my mom and my dad. But then when I went to Peru and I lived with them for two months, I realized like how chaotic it is, how like unhealthy it is um, mentally and uh, emotionally to be in a household like that. And I think that a lot of times, a lot of people, um, what is that when you have this like idealistic, like it would be amazing, we'd be a family and everything would be perfect. And because yeah. that's my birth, I don't, it's just not always like that. It's like this whimsical dream that we all like search for. And um, although I, I love for that, maybe sometimes it is for some people, but um, I have to come back to reality and say like <laughs> after the like first or second day of being there, I was looking for plane tickets home because I was like home back to the United States because I was like, I don't think I have like <laughs> the capability of doing this. Can I do this? Can I like from things as simple as um and this might sound very like American or spoiled, but can I actually they had a bathroom 
and they didn't have a toilet seat. Mm -hmm. um, I go, like, can I poop on a toilet without a seat? Like, can I do this standing up? Like, am I gonna have to do this for two months? Um, you know, just selfish things like that um, down to how my, my parents are, in my opinion, alcoholics mm -hmm. and how they get when they're drunk. You know, these, these are very like things, very much things that you would see in families anywhere, maybe in the United States too. Yeah. Kind of being back there, it gave me a different perspective on, on how I might feel about being adopted or, or like, I guess my resentment about it. I don't think I have resentment. I have a lot of, um, maybe just like um, identity issues. <laughs> obviously like all of us when it when it comes to that um yeah but um but I think I'm a little bit more proud to be like in America with this skin color because I feel like I can use it towards towards my advantage um a lot of the jobs I've gotten are because my name is Megan and because I sound white and I'll get in and they, they like that. I'm a color hire. And I've, I've been told that before. It doesn't feel very good. Um, but I got the job. And, and then that helped me get another job. And that helped me get another job. So yeah, I think sometimes you just have to work with what you have, although it might not be like the best um, way. And you might want to be like, I'm gonna stand up for this. And I'm gonna be like justice or, or whatever it is. That's awesome. But sometimes you just have to, uh, what, what's that saying? Like, deal with the chips that are handed to you or something yeah yeah definitely like sorry what you were saying definitely like um <clears throat> about in terms of like why i um feel the way that i feel and i think a lot of it too is like the uh the reality that my family wouldn't have been able to take care of my needs uh, emotionally even like physically in that sense with um what my family gave me here um for instance mm -hmm. i definitely uh was a very like wild child when i was growing up uh, i got into trouble a lot i um got arrested you know it was it was uh, you know i i i was inch like very 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 close to being like kicked out of my house with, with my mom um so yeah, i wasn't very easy to, to handle and so because I feel as though you know I came from such a rock bottom part of my life and era of my life I definitely feel even more strongly towards the resources and the networks that I was able to cultivate here mm -hmm. that so I would judging by how you're expressing it you weren't nearly half as difficult as I was right. growing up um, and you felt that there wasn't that, you know, helpful psyche or, or situation, I, you know, Peru, I can only imagine what would have happened if I, you know, didn't get, a, you know, adopted. And on the flip side of that, though, I sometimes wonder if um, that lashing out and that, like, kind of troubleness came from not, one, maybe having a dad, but two, not being understood. So yeah. curious. Like, obviously we could go back and forth on that about like if you were with your birth family would you be like more understood and would would those like tendencies of getting in trouble more or less um but but I guess like when I get into these like the 
deeper thoughts that kind of twist and turn I just think of what you always say like we're not there right now we can't go back right now we have to deal with like what we're doing right now and what we're handling right now and that kind of helps me kind of get out of these loopholes that sometimes I get in um but that kind of just leads me to another point too is like when I was um 21 I was diagnosed with cancer with thyroid cancer mm-hmm. and no way I would have found that out while I was in Peru so and I had they said I had it for possibly five years before that so maybe five years after that who who knows what have would I still be here right now like I have no idea but that also depends too much you know your life true 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 yeah because I was actually tested for um if that was uh what is that called not hormone I was tested oh genetics if that was genetics and it's not so did I get that from being here like I have no idea <laughs> just like so many like weird things that I guess any questions yeah could or could not or did or did not um but yeah I try I try not to go down that rabbit hole yeah and definitely the the stuff that I hear from you about adoption and people who have similar experiences or talking about adoption the overall like sense is like very negative towards the people who adopt their adoptive families and I think that perpetuated my like it's so strange to like now days like everything like it's like I've been living my life wrong like this whole time just because of like social media Mm. you should do that have you been doing it this way well here's top five reasons why this way better mm-hmm. and I'm like Jesus. and that's mm-hmm. I think like too like I never like needed to feel like so pro one way or the other until I got such a in, inundation of just all these ne- like predominantly negative uh exp- you know comments about it I'm just like gosh that, like, I feel like it stems from me feeling like bad that I enjoy being adopted yeah and it's almost um sometimes when I talk to people they're like um they kind of hint to me that I might be like in a fog you know the term like in adoption fog and then I like second guess like am I am I in a fog like am I am I not understanding but but it's hard right because people are like but you don't understand what like other people went through and I'm like you're right I don't because that's just not that wasn't my life yeah and always supposed to feel bad for for people or I can I feel like empathy but say like I'm so sorry but like that's not how my story was and like you said it's kind of like a a bad thing to feel good about being adopted sometimes um I think the important thing is is that it's important to show empathy towards other people who hadn't had it as bad but also important to have that reciprocal both ways you know like like I can feel so, like I can have I can feel for your I can have sympathy and, and empathy and feel for your situation having it worse than mine but it's like I would like you to also reciprocate that 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 mindset in terms of like letting me be okay with like being like happy where I came from so it's like equal in that sense yeah not equal equal you know what I mean yeah what about? Like but can we just I'll be like understanding understanding to another and, yeah and that's yeah. like I feel for it where it's definitely a lacking I I feel as some some certain areas of um the adoption like 
overall theme. Yeah, of people's opinions and perspectives. Because it's not, it's not perfect. Like none, none of this is perfect. So, but, um, but yeah. <laughs> That kind of brings me, um, well, getting your time, do you have time for one more question? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, awesome segue into this. I was wondering, what does Hollywood and the media get wrong about being an adoptee? Like, you guys have been talking about the negative feelings, but have there, are there any, like, more specific tropes or stereotypes that you see that you would want to set the record straight on? At least for yourselves. I think um, Hollywood tropes have been adopted. I know. Have I watched any movies about adoption, like like cinematic movies or like ideas of adoption stories? Other than like documentaries. Yeah, like what? What's the tropes of adoption? I mean, sometimes I think that oh, it's not like adopted. It's not adopted movie. But to, I think we saw it with my mom. Remember? The Indian? Yeah, boys? two Indian yeah. boys were adopted. One of them was like really had issues. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, I guess that's pretty accurate, right? <laughs> two adoptees, you know, struggling with their identity, and one is a little bit, struggles a little bit more than the other. Yeah. But they find that one of them finds their like happiness. And yeah, I don't know if I can think of any. I mean, like, other than documentaries um, that I've seen, like, in Hollywood about um, adoption. But I think the one thing that, um, you know, Hollywood aside that kind of a little bit rubs me the wrong way is how we all go backwards um, with the what-ifs and we don't find out we don't take the time to find out what makes us happy now. Not not even maybe what makes us happy, but how can we get through this? How can we move forward? How can we kind of turn this spin into like, um, turn this situation into like a positive spin for our life and not have to keep like going backwards? What if? That's so like funny because literally what you're saying is exactly what I do on a daily basis. Really? Yeah. Yeah, like how to just keep moving forward. Yeah, because I was yeah, yeah. I, it's just it's just interesting how 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 um how I'm wording it how like you're saying exactly how I like try to my, how I do things yeah it's just yeah sorry it's just a comment not, not yeah yeah no it's just um I think when I I'm sometimes I go into monthly adoptee groups um and it's really hard to kind of hear the same thing over and over again about like just it's the same stories and it's not that that's bad at all but like I just want to be a part of a group too where it's like damn like I'm really grieving today but but I'm I'm gonna um really take time for myself to journal about it or take a class to kind of help me get my mind out of it or go do a b and c to help myself and like how can we help each other yeah and I have a question too about like that like I wonder how adoption is different between like women and men. Mm. Feel like a lot more women or females are a lot more open about adoption or like they, they're long, like, I've, I don't know, maybe this is a huge bias of mine, but the idea of just wanting to like know your past and know where you've come from, I feel is like a lot more uh, a strong suit because yeah. it, it is with me, but it's not, 
it's not a deciding factor on who I am, but just I could see to you, it's a huge, like, I mean, before yeah. you even met your family or, or even the ones who you talk to, it's a huge kind of like, I need to kind of know so I can get going with my life in a sense, which is totally understandable, but it's mm-hmm. just like, I, I don't, I don't know uh, men's perspectives who yeah. adopted as well. And we were talking about this the other day, like we don't even know when guys really per se who are adopted let alone by a single mom yeah yeah so I kind of out talking about it because yeah like there's nobody Sam can really like relate to and I'd be curious too if you find out like if you find other guys you know who are willing to talk about adoption too because it's just like it seems like are we like in a hole like we can't we have no idea yeah yeah yeah, so are they hiding like well, the, that, I mean probably it would be it would be to the, the thesis right like mm-hmm. that that, that uh, maybe I don't know <laughs> yeah. maybe guys are too busy with like trying to figure themselves out without the idea of trying to track back yeah. therefore basically I'm not going to adoption groups or not like going to adoption communities yeah therefore their presence isn't there as much obviously it's always you know it's just a generalization. It's not like uh, you know there always be people going doing that, but yeah. but but wouldn't that couldn't that make potential sense? Yeah, I mean I've seen some adoptees like male what adoptees, the but oh, there's maybe like, like three for every twenty to thirty. Like I barely, it's not geez. as much at all. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, or that they've been willing to come out and talk as much. I've only known another um, two other male adoptees, and like this is only like for the two I know, but. Um, one was very into like his adoption and he went down there and met his family and kind of did a mini documentary about it but then uh, Phil or someone else um Phil from your YouTube channel yeah he's adopted too I guess yeah Phil yeah he's an interesting dude yeah but no this was somebody else um went down and, and like uh <laughs> did like a mini documentary but then when they came back there there he had gotten really close to his siblings and his family but then they had lied about having like these health conditions and like scammed them kind of, I don't know if you want to say scam because they kind of willingly gave money, but out of, out of thousands of dollars, oh, they yeah. have these problems. And so like, that's just its own crazy thing. And then he's not close with his, that family anymore. And then I went to college with somebody who was adopted, who didn't just didn't want anything to do with talking about being adopted it was very like cool I'm adopted okay let's never talk about this again that was very much like that too yeah 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 I feel like um like I the only reason you talk about adoption a lot is because I do <laughs> otherwise there's probably this wouldn't even like he'd just go on with his life just not even like say anything yeah because it's like the only reason why I would ever be brought up is if my mom and me are the same because yeah. if anybody else was assuming they'd say, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming your mom's like Peruvian or something. Yeah, or your dad's Peruvian. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's, that's interesting. Hmm. I do, um, just from the little bit I know, I think that um, females are more likely to be adopted out than males just because, like, especially in East Asia, preference towards males, um, keeping them within the family. Um, I'm not sure about other countries, but I wouldn't be surprised if that has something to do with it. Yeah. yeah. As for um, adoptees, I it's kind of funny that, like, my impression from watching YouTube channels is that you just 
knew a lot more adoptees because I didn't know any until college. Um, and I, I just find it interesting how very, how a lot of other um, kind of like minority groups have kind of a built-in community, but adoptees, because we are uprooted and just placed randomly in places, don't really have that built-in community of each other unless we purposely go out and find it. And I mean that it's hard. Yeah, definitely. Were you raised in the suburbs or like city? Um, yeah, so I was raised in LA, Van Nuys, California. Um, I I think my my parents tried to get me into Chinese culture and would take me to Chinatown. And when I was a little kid, I was to my fault, did not really care and mostly wanted to eat dim sum because I was a mobile foodie. And my mom would like try and teach me all these festivals and trying to get me into languages and like, awesome, when can I go eat now? <laughs> kind of kicking myself in the butt now because now I am interested and wish I had actually listened to my mom about learning my heritage, but you live and you learn. Yeah, definitely can relate to that. <laughs> but yeah, it is it is interesting to think of like, and, and it, when we met, we, um, <clears throat> We were in a group of like a lot of adoptees and there was males in that group too. Mm. I'll tell you what, they I feel as though they struggled a lot more. Hmm. Like I definitely struggled if my mom wasn't, you know, I was a very like lucky, I'd say in terms of just, just my, who I was and the philosophical like ideas that trick, like, like triggered my mind to go into a more of a productive, successful life. I definitely, you know, to others specifically mm-hmm. like I don't know let's say like right mm-hmm. or um mm-hmm. right those there's two guys in specifics two people specifically who are males who were struggled a lot even um even a lot of them did. yeah and oh yeah you, you know, he still does yeah you know yeah. so a lot of them I forgot like he's like you don't all think these about people, that don't but think they about like that. they I'll tell you was a level of depressed that I didn't fathom until later in my life. Yeah. He was older than <laughs> Oh, us that's too. interesting. He was a lot older that makes than so us. much sense. Yeah, so we went down, how we met each other was uh, we went down with a group of uh, adoptees that were meeting their birth countries for the first time as well. And they mm-hmm. had never gone, so we all went with our families. And they had just pulled this giant pool together of adoptees from all over the United States. Yeah. We are all generally around 13, but I it's mean, like 13 the oldest, like 18. 18. Yeah. Wow. So that's um, interesting. And some of us like really kept tight and some of us kind of just dispersed. And yeah, a lot of, you know, and I knew, I knew another kid from uh, Guatemala growing up here. He, yeah. Here in the city. He was not, you know, uh, he didn't do very well. He, he got mm-hmm. kicked out of high school by the time. See the one we see every once in a while? No, that's just some dude I don't know who that is, but oh, I Oh, I thought he was adopted too. He yeah, I, I assume he is. Oh, but, okay. But I just I just feel fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's something. Oh, okay. Simple. Yeah, this guy actually had like, you know, personal connection with that. Mm. He was definitely struggled. He struggled and his sister was adopted too. She definitely was but I guess that's not really we're talking about guys. Yeah. So yeah, so the guys definitely in my perspective had a lot harder of a time why I'm not quite sure you think it's just from that perspective of men don't really like it's not acceptable for them to cry Mm -hmm. or to have like feelings where I feel like you growing up like you 
you've always been super emotional, but you've always been able to kind of, it might not have been easy to get it out of you, but you were able to kind of express it eventually where a lot of these people are just like, they just filed it up and it just became like super toxic or scary later on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was able to talk, but I mean, it definitely, definitely never happened. Yeah. <laughs> so like, like I said, like, that's why I go back to like, just luck. I don't know, just gen- dare I say genetics. Like that was able to, for me to be like resilient as I was. Well, more. I think it's your mom. Well, yeah, okay. I so. think so much, like your mom is very resilient, very like so maybe nurturing that's where, like, and like she never gave up on you despite like how crazy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely maybe that's a backbone of why you can see I'm very pro, uh, pro adopt pro adoption but um but yeah as terms of like my other male counterparts who have been who adopted i i don't know if they've had it as uh very i feel like they've had it very similar to yeah thank you for all your answers um we are nearing i think we actually went a little bit over the time but thank you i really appreciate it i do want to respect your time um, was there anything that you had expected me to ask that I didn't and you want would want to share or anything you want to know more about? Uh, probably just the topic of just like other adoptees and just getting their opinions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, once I get my IRB approval and can actually officially send out my materials, um, I would love to contact you too again. And if you'd be willing to share it with other adoptees and get their information too, that would be amazing. I am hoping to get a grant together so I can actually compensate everyone for their time. That's still in the works, but I, it's my hope in the future that I can actually like give you guys like a $15, um, Amazon gift card or something because your time is valuable. So thank you. And just appreciate you working on this because this is like a, a big task to take on and not only, um, well, there goes our dishwasher. Um, <laughs> but this is um, not only like a big task to take on like mentally, well, well physically, but mentally is such a, a big thing to kind of like hear people's stories and still be able to like interact and dive through that. Yeah, that's probably really crazy too. So definitely like big ups to you for like all the courage. Thank you. And um, if you ever want me to also provide an interview and return the favor, let me know. But I'll leave that to your discussion. I do really appreciate you both speaking with me. And I look forward to contacting you both in the future. And if you have any other follow-up questions too, like we're we're, we're here. We're you here. need to sit down with another hour. We'll we'll do it. Um also just curious, would you mind if we maybe post this as a as a podcast? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, if I mean, honestly, obviously, if you guys are comfortable with it, because I know you guys share like a lot of really personal stuff. If you guys are fine, I'm totally fine. Um, yeah, go ahead. Just a thought. Yeah. Maybe bl- blink some people's names out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Every time. But definitely. Yeah. Just just let us know if you need anything else from us. Thanks. I definitely will. Um I, I have like a whole list of questions, but I was just really content listening and hearing both of your perspectives. It's like I said, I haven't met many other adoptees. So for me, this is all very new and interesting too. Yeah. Like I said, if we need more questions asked, it would be fun for us too. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, I will let you know when I actually get full approval for everything, but otherwise, thank you. This has been really awesome. I hope you guys have a lovely night. Um, 
and I, I'll keep watching your channel. It's really cool. <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye. Bye.